Rusty! Great, you made it. Sorry for the lateness. Don't be. The false hope granted by your tardiness plus the weak mud they're serving in the break room gave me just enough pep to get over the morning depression and slide into a seething resentment. Mmm. Familiar. Hey, you gotta respect the morning routine, am I right? But anyway, I got some big news. You finally discovered that you don't need to eat an entire box of Ettercap Crunch to get the prize? Please, if you don't eat the toy last, the laws of dessert collapse into chaos. Try again. Despite repeated restraining orders, Raptor's Lament has agreed to take you camping? <laughs> Good guess. But no, I already followed them on their last outing to the crystal forests of Chai T23. Wow, you actually did it, huh? S'mores and all? No, Sovastala found me having an imaginary conversation with her and beat me within an inch of my life. If Garn Gorberg hadn't healed my beaten booty and given it the old feel-good finger, I might have died. Probably better if you don't refer to the laying on of hands as the feel-good finger. You sound just like Creed and Jelinek. They drew the short straw and had to escort me back to the ring gate. Dirk, this verbal game of cat and moron is familiar and unpleasant. In the interest of time and my sanity, how's about you just tell me your big news? Fine, spoil sport. I, Dirk Dandemonius Markule Bradlificent... Dirk, your middle name is Danger after you legally changed it from Tobias. Rust? Not on Scry. It's public record. Fine. I, Dirk Danger, formerly Tobias Bradley, have been invited to an event whereat I will be paid to be Dirk, the host of Dynamic Combat Entertainment. What? Right? My new paperwork daddy signed me up for it. Aren't you proud of me? You're an idiot. I know. I guess that plays right into their demographics. Oh, the light's blinking. Uh, uh, let's hold the dramatic energy until after the break. Why wouldn't you just talk to me during the break? Uh, duh, because then the audience would miss it. You are long hours in flight aboard the Astrofortis, the Aether Galleon, led by Alphonse Theophilius Harcourt IV. What do you do with your time? Being on a ship, an actual proper fucking ship, for the first time in months, years maybe, perhaps weeks, an unknown amount of time. <laughs> it's been actual minutes. <laughs> I've blunk my blink, and now I'm on a boat. Wusha is going to just put his hands on every task that could be done here. Not because he wants to help, but it reminds him of every single thing he's been missing since he's been stuck on land. I love it. <laughs> he might not do it good, but he does it excited. Pentecost is the opposite. Having no experience serving on any kind of ship aside from riding on the sun sloop, Penn is pacing around trying to find ways to be useful, but in the end she just doesn't know what she should be doing. Avos is avoiding the crusty crew, mostly to avoid questions and also because they just they're kind of nasty sometimes. It should be noted that the moment, the moment they started actually doing their jobs, they all seemed extremely competent. It became clear to you that they might have been feigning incompetence to see what kind of songs you had available. And now it's all the more reaffirmed by the fact that not a single one of them beat, not a single one of them skips a beat. 
Well, they were very convincing. <laughs> so Iavos is, uh, he's trying to analyze just how this ship works magically. He's taking notes in Opus of like drawings of like the residuum engine and just kind of putting together the pieces kind of like, okay, so this power is this, this, the sails do this, just figuring out the magic architecture of this thing. Absolutely. The most notable element of this is that the residuum engine seems largely designed to increase thrust. If they just simply use their sails, they would be able to get wherever they need to go. But they use the residuum engine to really boost themselves along. And the reason why that's important is because the sails, while not active, are constantly diverting energy to batteries so that they can really keep themselves going if they're in a dangerous situation. Realizing that this is a salvage ship, you wonder why they might need to move so quickly. It's a, it's a hybrid. Yeah, it's a hybrid. <laughs> Gas and solar power. <laughs> I think Hal probably carouses with the crew, mm. you know, enthusiastically participates in physical labor and also just like being raucous and unruly whenever the opportunity presents itself. That's fair. What's Gaspar doing on his little catamaran? Yeah, he's got the miasma riding in the aether wake of the Astrofortis, and there's not much space to do anything else. He's got no crewmates, no, no buddies. So he's just locking on the fireball onto like the rudder of the ship <laughs> of the, of the Astrofortis, like and locking onto something else. You are free to move as needed away from the ship. If you so choose, as long as you remain locked on and capable of returning to it at speed, uh, it, you are considerably faster than the galleon and could probably get back to it if you needed to. You also do have a farsight uh, system, so you can activate that to be able to view the ship with more detail, and you can also listen at length. Ooh, finding all these extra features. That being said, if you do see them having a conversation and you would like to say something in character, you are more than welcome to do so. They just won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's funny. Does Wushaw come across Pen on the deck looking out of place? Absolutely. You see, as you kind of watch her from across the the deck, you see Pen. Yep, this uh, this rope is is tied off securely. Um, I guess I'll check the next one. <laughs> we uh, Orns Orns McCramsey or Orns 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 McCloud Orns McCloud uh, is what they call me here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's horns with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> and cloud with a K. There we go. <laughs> you're a you're a good climber, really. Among the best, I wager. You want to race up the rigging? Yes, absolutely I do. Which part is the rigging? <laughs> I'm going to win so fast. <laughs> Wusha. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you notice is that Wusha has immediately started making use of his brand new leg by jamming it into the actual mast and just <laughs> launching himself upward. <laughs> You'd think having an anchor for a leg would make you not good at climbing, but he really works. <laughs> oh, would you both roll me an athletics check and see which one of you wins? Does the tiefling have sinful leaps? <laughs> oh, that's great. 17. Also 17. Oh, shit. <laughs> the two of you are neck in neck, and then the tiefling, or so they would seem, uses mirthful leaps giving them just enough advantage to outpace you. <laughs> Pull my way up to the top. <gasps> this part's called the crow's nest, or whatever bird flies in space nest. <laughs> 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 Looks like I'm going to 
stretch a little bit more to beat you next time, but you're not winning again. <sighs> that was fun. When you realize that Creamy Dave is now pushed up against the mast uh, between your two considerable sizes, <laughs> he just kind of jabs you in the side. Uh, this, this is my spot. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to keep doing my job. No, right. Racing to the bottom. Uh, that's all safe. Don't do that. <laughs> and we're off. You've invaded the cream's nest. <laughs> <laughs> violation. Rules violation. <laughs> no one cares, Dave. Oh, I'm definitely going to, by race down, I mean, I'm going to grab a rope and just jump out of the crow's nest and try to get swinging correctly to not careen into the fucking deck below. <laughs> that's a lot smarter than what I was picturing for myself. <laughs> Please roll me an acrobatics check to make sure you don't fly off the edge of the ship. You fucking got it. I follow right behind. 17. 19. Thank God. As you begin swooping down, not realizing that you have not done anything to create an actual pendulum-like swing, <laughs> uh, you just kind of tug hard and then jar up right onto the ground. <laughs> but you don't die. <laughs> My shoulders are going to feel that sometime. <sighs> You're a lot faster than me at heading to the bottom. I weigh a lot. That's how gravity works. <laughs> After finding his comet-like way to the deck of the ship, Wusha is going to go searching for Iavos, or whatever your pirate name was. I don't remember your pirate name. I'm sorry. What was it? Taggard Banderwagon. Wusha is going to go searching for Taggart Banderwagon. <laughs> Uh, you know he's been spending a lot of time near the engine, hiding away, being quiet, and surrounded by magic. Taggart! Taggart! Is that ye, Wusha? <laughs> it's Misha. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go into the engine room. So, uh, you you like knowing things? Yes. You like, like learning things? Without a doubt. Can I learn you about parts? That is a question that I cannot answer. Can you? Will you let me? I'd be happy to listen. I won't prepare for much education, but I'll enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> you might not find these words in books, but I promise you they're the right words. Lead away. I would like you to make a intelligence check, but I will allow you to roll with your level <laughs> as a bonus. Sweet. That's great. That makes my penalty slightly less. I get a crit. <laughs> the encyclopedic knowledge of this buffoon is staggering. Not only does he know every single part, we're talking like the most minute details. He also knows exactly how they were made, why they were made the way they are, the purposes they serve, and he even goes into like detail about how they interact with every other part of the ship and the biggest threats for each thing. I also tell you which places are and are not the best places to sleep. Mm. There's a sliding scale there, and most places are good. Now, you might think that taking your breaks and sleeping there next to the engine's a good idea, but I promise you it's not. It might be warm and stave off that sea breeze or whatever the hell breeze happens out here. Uh, <laughs> but you'll wake up with some nasty side effects. Some men once have eyes for fingers. And fingers for eyes. <laughs> now these fumes, things you want to stay away from. I don't suggest opening up the engine while it's going in any way, shape, or form. And if you have to, don't breathe. 
Not as easy for all of us as it is for you, Wushaw. Oh, I can hold my breath a long time. Residuum causes magic cancer. <laughs> Got it. That's just a good result. Good to know. Aye, aye. You ever see why they call a figurehead a figurehead? Uh, seems logical already, but go ahead, explain. Let's go do Ed stuff. You know, Wushaw, they say when some people lose their vision, their hearing becomes stronger. I'm starting to understand how your brain works a bit more. (laughs) (laughs) When your life is stupid, your boat becomes smarter. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm going to continue just showing Taggart Banderwagon. Is that it? Mm -hmm. I nailed it. I'm going to continue giving him the full tour of this ship. So everything but this is Wushaw's dump stat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people have one dump stat. <laughs> Wusha did the opposite. He threw everything else he's overboard. A, he's got a, a dump site. <laughs> he had to drop ballast. Yeah. <laughs> Get the boat bigger. Drop the ballast. So what is Hal doing? Probably gambling. <laughs> gambling? Yeah, probably. It's on, it's on a river boat on the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> He's saying gentleman's poker. He's talking about like throwing some bones. Yeah, I'm by the probably <laughs> rolling dice with people. This could be a space river. We don't fucking know. Yeah. If you are playing dice, I'm proficient and I want in. That said, a Mark Twain-esque gif is a very good image in my head. <laughs> Do you have room for one more, Riptide? Oh, you're talking to me? Oh, that's right. I said that was what they called me. Yeah. And Tickle Tim never really let it go. I look around cautiously for Tickle Tim. <laughs> You don't see him, but you think you can feel him. That's what I thought. I was going to say, you just know he's there. Yeah. Waiting to tickle. <laughs> so I'm going to have to ask Woosh where to sleep on this ship. Tickle Tim keeps finding me and waking me up weird ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's room in the game. Scoot over. And I push somebody out of the way. The somebody that you push out of the way is actually a jar. It looks like just an ordinary amber jar. And inside there seems to be some kind of blue liquid. And as you jostle it to move it aside, there seems to be an unmistakable radiating feeling of annoyance that comes out of it, but no words. Is there another chair I can set it on? Yes. Pen will pick up the jar and set it kindly on another chair. You feel an unmistakable sense of appreciation. Oh, this one's my favorite. (laughs) I've never figured that thing out. The words Phineas Mandragore Wilkinson pop into your head as though your own thought. I've never figured Phineas Mendigo Wilkinson out. You feel kind of a thumbs up in your head. <laughs> I give the jar a thumbs up in response. <laughs> the dice seem to just topple. Not so much lift and throw, but just kind of spin and then land. And they crap out. So that's you two. <laughs> I feel like he is a bit of an advantage, but I haven't figured out how he's doing it yet. In your head, you just see an image of a large brain and a small brain. The large brain suddenly has a jar around it. The other one has a shark. (laughs) (laughs) That happens to us a lot, I'm afraid. I would like both of you to roll your dice check. That is to say, a d20, add your proficiency modifier if you're proficient. Roll a d20 to simulate rolling a different kind of (laughs) die. If I knew how craps worked, I'd just have you do it. 15. I rolled a 14, and I don't think I have a modifier to dice, so. Hot damn. Okay, Pen shoots up from her chair, (laughs) knocking it over, scattering things on the table. I beat you at something! I finally beat you at something! 
in your head, you see a crowd doing the wave. <laughs> and Phineas is my new best friend. You see a brain in a jar hugging you <laughs> with little stick figure arms. I'm going to move the jar onto my lap and I'm going to hug it. Im- immediately, it seems to turn bright red for a second and then go back to being blue. <laughs> what other f- sort of scanning technology is on the miasma? It takes you a minute. You're kind of poking through some of these like levers and whatnot. There doesn't seem to be any kind of readout, no scry display. When you start looking in the area where you realize there is runes that signify listening, seeing, there's also just some kind of like almost like a ping, almost like a radar there. And when you hit it, you can feel a sudden magical pulse coming out from the device, and then it quiets. As soon as you do, you feel, this is going to be an odd description, almost as if in the space behind your sinuses, imagine if there was some things, objects pressing into it, little tiny objects. You feel that pressing in a three-dimensional pattern. You realize after a moment that there's a large cluster directly ahead of you, a scattered cluster below you, and then a far away distant one above and to your right. I'll zip past the Astrofortis and head towards the higher cluster. As you begin to move forward, you pass the only other cluster, which is, appears to be the Astrofortis. Do you mean you want to go towards the single one? Yes. You turn and you start to adjust course, and ahead, you realize that the sensation that you're feeling is exactly where a single star is. Interesting. It can find Leviathans from this distance. Does it appear as if the Astrofortis is headed for that? They are definitely not. Okay. Just before the sensation starts to wear off, you suddenly feel a large, aggressive pressing coming directly ahead. Back to the ship. The captain is now standing on deck, taking in the scene. Might I have a word, oh captain, me captain? As you wish. So, uh, we followed Wusha on good word of mouth that you're a fine captain with a good ship and crew, and thus far it seems that way. But he's not good with the, uh, the word speaking sometimes, if you've learned that in his presence. I have. Little unclear on what the actual task is we're doing besides filling up your engine with residuum and moving crates about. He gives you a almost stern knowing look. You have to understand, not everybody can be trusted. I love my crew, but in the wrong context, they might have different motives. But allow me to explain to you that this is, on all appearances, a salvage ship, and we will be seeking salvage. After a fashion, I imagine soon we may find it. It's good, honest work. You hear some rustling and concern kind of issuing throughout the crew. You see everybody kind of looking nervous and uncomfortable. Your crew's feeling a cold breeze. I don't feel myself. Don't worry too much about that. Fact is, one of our boys, Far Simon, he's uh, something of a precog. Unfortunately, he's not reliable. He says there's danger afoot. But danger afoot could mean anything from we'll run aground to somebody might lose a toe. Yeah, I get it afoot. Exactly. Is it wise practice to hire an inconsistent precog? We didn't hire him for precogging. We hired him for cooking. Ah, the old cooking cog. <laughs> Fact is, a lot of these boys have a lot of talents. You tend to find all sorts of interesting folks when you're wandering around. 
Ain't that the truth? We'll just look out over the deck to where the captain's staring. How worried about Leviathan? Seems like a fair fear. He takes in the sky. Nothing to worry about, though. As you look, you don't see any stars save that one. The eyes of Leviathan shine like a lighthouse. If you see stars shining in the sky, they're watching you. I'll tilt my gaze down towards error a little more. What about down there? You ever been down there? He gives you a sharp look. No. Fair enough. Just curious. Seems like you've tread many waters. That I have. But, um, well, we'll see how the day goes. As he turns, the commotion rises. Your eyes are drawn to the source. Something lurks ahead of the ship. In the hearts of all thinking creatures, there is fear. The deepest and most primordial fears do not have names. They are lurching, silent things that crawl on their bellies. You all feel writhing black fear slithering from your spines to grip at your hearts. The looming colossal form takes shape against the black starless sky as its contours reflect what little light they do not swallow. A vast cyclopean column of stony flesh draws to a tapered fluke at its far end. The head is a clenched fist, four gashes in its surface, eyes that as yet do not open. Beneath those thin bulwarks that would keep safe your sanity, a two-human mouth parts gently, bearing hundreds of two-human teeth. And as the cavern of flesh and bone within yawns to dimensions that defy comprehension, a two-human song shakes the pillars of what foul heaven would reside in so black and desolate a firmament. Along its skin can be seen carvings, swirling arcs and curves like filigree sweep over every surface. Yet in contrast to this beauty and all about the surface of this titan, deep, sucking, puckered sores yawn and contract, the vague shapes of faces seeming to press from the leviathan's body as though yearning to be free, drawn into anguished masks of grief. Last time on EXPN. You're an idiot, Dirk, and that shirt makes you look like some kind of candy pirate. I never said that. Russ, please, I'm having a conversation. What stupid idiot thing are you so excited about, stupid? I have been selected to host the dice. No! My incredible professional and sexual jealousy has shattered my cold facade. I am compelled to give you a high five and invite you to a laser melee. And action. Dirk, I cannot stress how little I care that you've picked up another job. If anything, I'm happy for you. It's one step closer to adulthood, which would put your midlife crisis somewhere in your 70s, by which time I imagine you'll have died from some diabetes-related illness. Way to get ahead of the curve, Dirk. Please, I have a pancreas of steel. You do understand that mineral hardness is not the ideal for a glandular organ, yes? Whatever you say, Johnny Soft Spleen. The point is, I can hardly think of anyone better to host that boorish festival of idiocy and violence than you. One can hardly think of masked bruisers brutally buffooning one another for show without thinking Dirk Bradley. Wow, thanks, Rust. This is just a guest spot or a full-time thing? A guest spot for now, but who knows? Maybe this time next year you'll be looking at the Anchor Supreme or Lord of Hosts if you're feeling saucy. How about homeless jackass who thought his chip-munching antics would fly on live scry where the brass actually care about commentating the action? Rusty, I would never act like this with someone else. You're the only man I trust to bear my true self to. 
These rubes will be getting the watered-down professional, Dirk. Oh, thanks for the reminder. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Play the Dater Flank one. For the last time, Dirk, we don't get to pick the commercials. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. On tonight's unbelievable episode... Dermon, have a seat. Garena, Elsewise, Travis, why are you all here? This is an intervention. Well, that's a 10th level ability. Not that kind. The first step to getting better is admitting that you have a problem. Listen, Durnham, you're never going to need that orc jawbone you picked up at level one. Or any of the other weird body parts you picked up off all those monsters. I might. Another heart-wrenching episode of Dungeon Hoarders. You have a problem picking up anything that gets described, or you think is neat. What if our DM makes us start tracking carrying capacity? We have a bag of holding. It's full. Your inventory list is longer than your background story. Feel the emotion peer into the troubled mind. I know I have a problem. I'm sorry. I just thought they might come in handy someday. They never did. Join us tonight for Dungeon Orders. Hey, all you cuties. Put your headphones on, turn your stereo up. That's how you do the mid-roll. I know we have listeners all over the world, which always blows my mind, but here around the Slapdash studio, it's been hot out. If you're living through the same kind of weather that we are, we hope all of our listeners are staying cool and safe however they can, and keeping an eye on their furry friends. I know what you're thinking. This is a fun show with lots of great characters and an intriguing plot. Your words, not mine. But what can I do to support it? Well, to start, you can share it with your friends, family, co-workers, and neighbors. Next, you can tag us on social media and join the Discord. And last, but definitely not least, is to join the Patreon. You want D&D battle maps, stat blocks, class builds, magic items, character sheets, bonus content? It's all waiting for you at the LUQ Patreon. And at the highest tiers, you can make characters to join the show's meta in the battle axis or be mentioned during the midroll with your legendary midroll team. Our current legendary midroll teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Eerie Luna Rose, Maisie, Korgoth, and Mike Gordon. To get a personal message read on the show or to contact us about advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us on Twitch at Slapdash Streams for Monday Night Live premieres of the LUQ with Mistress Dana RPG and Pokemon Nuzlocke Challenge Runs with me and Zach Thursday night. Links to all of this can be found at theluq.com. And until next week, I love you very much, and sometimes my cat sounds like a clown. Right, Pickles? <laughs> but that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. You're tired, irritable, stressed out, 
The repetitive nature of your life in seeking enough income to keep your head above water drives you to deny yourself rest in favor of calculated ambition. The cycle turns. The gears tighten. It's time to take a breath. Get away from it all. It's time for Frogtown. What is Frogtown? What isn't Frogtown? Well, a lot of things if you want to get technical. If you're insisting I get specific, it's a magical pocket dimension on the outskirts of reality, filled with lush green fields, deep serene pools, long stretches of marshland, toadstool forests, droopy willows by the hundreds, and stone cairns to boot. There's no consumerism here. There's no job market, no medical bills, homework, or social classes. There are only frogs. Tiny frogs hopping and slipping to and fro, soaking in wee pools, snoozing on mushroom caps, peeking out from tree holes and swimming in clean dark water. You too will become a frog in Frogtown. You'll hop. You'll secrete gooey stuff. Your eyes will swell and the darkness will hold no more mysteries for you. Sounds nice, right? We know. Want to spend a whole week sleeping in the shade of a tree stump, only to wake up and nibble on tiny fuzzy skybugs? Maybe you want to be tiny and ride on the back of a bigger frog. I don't hear them complaining. I guess there's a chance you might want to reproduce with the other frogs, you freak. Do you know about the complex mating habits of most frogs? That shit is weird, and it's called amplexus. It can last for days at a time. Yeah, I bet you're into that, aren't you? You make me sick. Come to Frogtown. You'll be a frog. There are so many goddamn frogs. I cannot stress that enough. It's extremely expensive to get into Frogtown, which kind of makes the whole thing a cruel reflection of the financial stress that brought you here in the first place. But that's life, baby. Those are the rules of Frogtown. If you want to play with the big frogs, you have to pay the frog price. Frogtown. Frog today. The mouth of the Leviathan pulls open in a great yawn as it begins to awaken. Panic issues throughout the crew. We are going to begin a skill challenge to avoid the Leviathan without waking it and in the hopes that you will not be devoured by it. Everybody roll me initiative. Oh, shit. Shitting ass. Woo! 22 for Iavos. Woo! All right, I got 22 for Iavos. 20. Everybody rolled so well. <laughs> Except Michael. 13 for Wusha. 3. 3 for Hal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 1 plus 2? Uh, 2 plus 1. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. The goal is to aid the ship in directing around the Leviathan and evading it before it instinctively does them harm. You notice that all throughout those puckered holes, beams of light begin to slowly blossom, seemingly in some kind of threat. We will begin with the 22. Okay, so we need to sneak past this giant hungry sky mouth, and uh, I think it would be dumb of me to not rely on magic to help with that. It is my thing that I do. I'm going to start by saying a prayer, a familial prayer, to my brother, who is, by nature, a trickster. Very skilled at evading eyes he does not want upon him. 
So I'm going to pull the yellow scarf out from inside my robes and kind of lay it on the deck and try to imbue the ship with his uh, cunning misdirection. I like with that. A, with a religion check. I like that. That sounds great. I'm going to have you roll that as a wisdom because you're not being, doing something smart. You're doing something willful. Okay. Same exact bonus. Awesome. They're both 16. That's kind of cocked, but it's a 17. Let me see if I can get a die on top. My dice tray is kind of full. Nope. Got to re-roll it. Okay. Damn. Goodbye, 17. Hello, 14. That's a 23. Oh, no. <laughs> Only a mere 23. <laughs> Immediately, you can smell throughout the entire space old cracked wheat, dry fields, dirt, as though dust from the trail collecting on the space. You even see dust collecting in the small creases and cracks throughout the ship, and you feel safe, if only briefly. That's one success. Mark it. Marked. Next is Pen. Now, Pen is very fast, so my thought is I'd like to use stealth to um, move around as quietly and as quickly as possible to just help relay messages um, so that nobody has to shout. Just kind of, you know, hand signs and whispers. I like that. Go ahead and roll me that stealth check. 14. At first, you're very confident in your ability to be stealthy until you realize you have hooves and they are clattering all across the wooden boards. It's not a lot of noise, but it's definitely enough to take notice. What's that sound? (laughs) Grass doesn't do this. (laughs) That's a failure. Mark it up. Marked. Gaspar? Gaspar is going to do some nautical acrobatics, engage the grappling hook, attempt to attach it onto the keel of the Astrofortis in an attempt to tow it so that it can turn at a sharper angle than would be possible. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, go ahead and give me that acrobatics. I also want you to quickly also roll me a stealth just to see if anybody notices what you're doing. Dang, Daniel. All right. That is a 27 for acrobatics. Nice. And a natural 20 for a 30 on stealth. (laughs) (laughs) Holy hell. Like like oh, a feather falling on the ground, your grappling hook impales the keel. And with your acrobatics, you're able to kind of gauge the direction they want to go and aid the maneuvering. Not so much that it's noticeable that the ship is pulling itself, but rather to just simply help along what they're already doing. Everyone needs a Gaspardian angel. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. That'll bring it to Wusha. Now, I've got a quick question. I have proficiency in water vehicles. Yes. Does that translate to anything on this ship? Absolutely. Fan-fucking-tastic. You you can use – so basically you can use any of your uh, proficiencies instead of skills during a skill challenge because they work the same way. Dope. Just wanted to check that watership translated to infinity watership. It functionally works the same. Sweet. Wusha, knowing that a ship by its very nature can just make a lot of sound – is going to try to tighten the rigging as much as he can, going to try to hold down like loose objects. I'm going to make a water vehicles check to know where to apply my pressures the most to make sure that the rattle is kept to a minimum. Sure. Boy. That is going to be, oh, hell yeah, a 24 total. Beautiful. At first you're thinking, oh, I got to make sure the the rigging is quiet and I got to make sure the cannons don't move. And then you think to yourself, 
the Resistium engines, and you immediately run downstairs as quietly as you can with your <laughs> massive fucking kick axe and give a cut it out signal to the people down there who had no idea there was a Leviathan immediately ahead. And they are successful. He lets out a relieved but quiet sigh. And Hal, it's your turn. Hal doesn't know a whole lot about being on boats, <laughs> but he sees the whip and crack twins trying to haul a lanyard or something that uh, raises a halyard. Yeah, yeah, raises a mizzen, you think a mizzen you would mast. Remember, you think you would remember a halyard? <laughs> yeah, they're both going to a convention and they got their yeah, tickets around yeah, exactly. their necks. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to haul some ropes. Uh, they're both a little on the small side. Hal's just going to back them up, give them a, a strong uh, a strong back. I like that. Go ahead and roll me an athletics check. He's got some ideas for what to do if this starts going south, but right now he's just going to try and help us get by quietly and quickly. I believe you pull the halyard to trim the sail. I don't know nearly enough about sailing to try and correct you, so we'll say sure. The halyard is a big pair of boat scissors. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought the halyard was the length between Hal's fingertips and his armpit. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's how I see him measure out his sword. Uh, if I'm wrong about that boat thing, please, please feel free to leave me the fuck alone about it. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 17 plus 5 for 22. That will definitely do it. Having somebody who knows what they're doing is great. Having somebody who's strong enough to do it helps more. With their help and your own uh, physical savvy, you're able to get things in the position you need to and start driving forward with solar sails alone. Right now, you are coasting on what was left from the residual engines and having to kick everything back on to sail batteries, and that is potentially risky. At the end of the round, the lights that you saw blossoming inside of the chasms across the flesh of the Leviathan begin to coalesce to a single point, and from them issue magic missiles that begin arcing towards the ship. This seems to happen entirely involuntarily to the Leviathan itself. It is still sleeping soundly. Begin. Ayavos. Well, Magic Missile is unable to penetrate the spell shield. And I have the spell shield. <laughs> so Ayavos is going to try to move as quickly as he can, manifesting a shield over his head, deflecting as many Magic Missiles as he can get before they blast the ship and the crew. I love it. Go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. I'm going to use my once-a-day bonus from Opus on a knowledge skill. I like that. Ah, 16. That is shockingly I weak. rolled very badly. 16 is just enough, actually, so you are fine. It's the running that I'm doing badly at. The shield is <laughs> killer. I'm just so bad. Pulling out the shield is easy enough. Realizing that you are very limited in your capacity to use that shield, that's the challenge. And so you manage to create, almost as if from nothing, a arcane tether along the shield. You try to whip it hither and yon, trying to catch what you can, and then at the end, expand it as wide as you can, which take a few hits, but not enough to sustain, and it eventually cracks. But you do a considerable amount of damage prevention. So it's a kite shield. <laughs> Next is Pen. Y'all are doing real good, by the way. Hell fucking yeah. We're making up for all those failed skill challenges. <laughs> Don't say that. We're not oh, done yet. Shit, you're right. <laughs> Undermile just like recharged our dice. Nope. <laughs> okay. Pen realizes that she's not the one for this job. She doesn't know how the ship works. She kind of already forgot what the thing was called that they raced on. 
So she's going to start barking orders at the crew to just fire them up and encourage them to work faster, but in kind of a mean way. <laughs> I'd like to roll intimidation. Please do. I mean, you don't have to be mean to be intimidating. That's, That's fair. I, just the force of my charisma. Yeah. Authority. That's it. That's the word. You speak with the voice of a thousand angry deer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a chorus of yes, throat <laughs> They clearly don't understand Infernal because that is a 12. Oof. They are so terrified right now that no amount of additional fear seems to be motivating them. <laughs> In fact, it simply seems to make them more nervous, believing potentially that there is actually a possibility you will hurt them before the Leviathan does, starts to overtake their minds, and they begin to just kind of quiet down. <laughs> Next is going to bring it to Gaspar. The ship has just slammed hard to port. You're going as hard as they possibly can, and they are now clear of the Leviathan's direct path. There's no risk of them immediately colliding with it. But there's still magic missiles in There are now magic missiles in the air. Locked on. <clears throat> Inspired by what Iavis is doing, as I look towards the control on the runes, surely there is some defensive measure on the miasma. Uh, the only defensive measures are for you. Invisibility, self. Gaseous form, self. There's no shield button. There is no shield button. Okay. The ship seems to be heavily focusing on the idea that you will not see you or you cannot hit you. Not so much the I can block you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Gaspar is going to maneuver the miasma slightly more towards the Leviathan and then launch out a fireball <laughs> to intercept some of the magic missiles, making it look like the one of these sores, these puckers, as you've called them, have produced another magical effect, and that in the Leviathan's sleep, there's just some, some crossfire going on. Okay. You will be visible because you will have fired a weapon, and you will be closer to the Leviathan in order to get that angle right. Mm-hmm. I want you to go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check. Please don't miss. This should also alleviate <laughs> my need to worry about stealth. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that I'm far enough underneath the ship that nobody on, none of the crew notice. Mm -hmm. But here we go. That is a 21 for a sleight of hand check. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Thank goodness. Now I want you to roll me a disadvantaged stealth check to see if you either awaken the Leviathan or alert everybody to your presence. Yes. Now it would have been a natural 20, but I've got disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So it's an 18. Oh. So close. No, yeah, you're fine. Um, <laughs> people are so overtaken by what's going on that they can't even be bothered with, with the idea of a fireball coming from any direction. However, you do notice that as soon as the fireball goes off, the Leviathan stirs. That'll bring it to Wuxia's turn. How many successes do we have? Oh, we have six right now. Six successes, two failures. Thank you. They're both mine. They're, I mean, I wasn't going to say that. But. <laughs> now, Wuxia has gone... Leviathan hunting before, or at least Leviathan salvaging before. Mm -hmm. It would be safe to say that Wuxia has done something like this before, yeah? You have avoided Leviathans in the past, but you've never engaged one. Okay, fantastic. My intention here, you're going to have to help me pick out which skill this will fall under, but my intention is to recall my experiences doing this before and try to predict where the magic missiles will be going or where like blind spots or safe spots would be. That would be an insight check. Okay. That was one of the skills I was thinking of. Oh, not good. Eight. 
Yikes. You try to imagine the direction of the firing solution and therefore direct people in the appropriate angle to avoid the shots and do not succeed. Unfortunately, because these are magic missiles, which are guided, uh, it's a lot harder to maneuver around them than you might think. Instead, you end up driving the ship directly into it, and it takes a major hit to stern. <laughs> That'll bring it to Hal. Yep. Hal looks at these missiles, tries to think of a way that he would be able to intercept them, keep them from hitting the ship. Can't really think of anything, but he does know that he is made of meat, and meat absorb impact. So this is what it's for. He's gonna he's gonna sort of quickly try and find a missile that's going towards something that looks important to him and just jump in front of it before it impacts. Beautiful. Go ahead and roll me a perception check to see how well you can track these things and hopefully put yourself in the way of them. Hopefully put yourself in the way of a magic missile is never a sentence I thought I would say. Is this is this my skill roll? So because I'm giving this to you as a perception, but you're also taking a hit, I'm going to deal the magic missile damage directly to you. That seems fair. Okay, go ahead and roll. I'm okay with that. What am I rolling? Perception. Perception. Okay. Minus one. I believe in you. Yeah. Staggering. Are you trained in that? No. Good. If I if I pass, it'll be a, it'll be a two success. There you go. It'll be sick. <clears throat> I rolled a natural twenty. Oh! <laughs> that is amazing. Point of order for a total of nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a natural twenty on the die, so it's a critical on the success skill, right? That grants you four successes because you succeeded in a thing you are not proficient in and double the success. So Hal knows he needs to get in front of as many of these missiles as possible. And he has some sort of, you know, numbers that appear in his head and then they start turning into stick figures and then they kind of start fighting each other and Hal, <laughs> Hal, Hal kind of waves them off as they quickly become too distracting. But he knows the only way he's going to be able to do this is if he gets airborne. And so, in a brief flash of divine power, he sort of spreads his arms, which turn into almost manta ray-like wings <laughs> in his shark form, and he takes to the air, suddenly gaining the ability to fly. I like it. So, in this process, you're going to absorb one magic missile for every success you got. Oh, Okay. As long as law doesn't roll it, I should be fine. <laughs> that is four plus one. Okay. One plus one. So seven so far. Yep. And then an additional three plus one for 11 and one plus one for 13. All right. I will take 13 damage to award the team four successes. That seems like a good trade to me. What's our total? Uh, we are 10 successes, three failures. That's the target. Never seen someone do something as dumb as jump in front of a spell and then succeed <laughs> by four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm That's here a Mr. for President it. Jack. I'm here for it. <laughs> you manage to, with incredible accuracy and speed and athleticism, move yourself through the void, catching four magic missiles directly onto your body, most of which were headed for some very vital elements of the ship. But as you succeed, you move clear of the Leviathan's firing solution, and the missiles stop coming. However, Harcourt does not cry out in success. Instead, he rouses the men and says, Mark down a hit to the residuum engine. Bring her down, lads. Rest 
Rusty, gassed out from this all-out grudge match, lifts his pen. Summoning his last ounce of grit, the devilish Durigar scribbles a note into the margins. What does it say? It's a reminder to buy milk on my way home. You understand I've watched you commentate several combats a day for years now, right? Years. I in no way need a demonstration of your prowess. You think I can't do this. I never said that. But you thought it loudly. Why aren't you teased up like a cheerleader's hair on prom night? Drop it, Dirk. I can't. My hands are sticky with care syrup. Fine. First of all, I actually do believe you will do this particular job well. The Venn diagram of dice viewers and idiot man-children is a circle. And you've always had a knack for putting combat descriptions into a place that will tickle the audience. Wow, thanks! But Dirk, you need to understand that the contract you're working under is dangerous. A literal devil holds your future in his hands. And while I don't believe Mr. Goethe means any explicit harm, the number of reference volumes, sub-articles, and redirects in that contract are enough to give pause regardless of the source. So... you're not jealous. What? No! Why would I be? I have absolutely no interest in sitting behind a folding table with a bed skirt and report on adventurers beating each other senseless with absolutely no stakes. Lord's sake, Dirk, we report on actual quests with real consequences every day. Why would some meaningless exhibition appeal to me? So if I had, say... Oh, no. Talk to the department heads... Please, no. ...and convince them to put you down for my number two... Why? I've been a good man, have I not? My past crimes atoned for and then some? What cruel fate have the lords ordained that I should face trial after trial before coming to its conclusion? That wouldn't get your solar engines revved up, would it? <laughs> Hush now, sweet beerbin. Save your salty tears for the ladder match. Everything's coming up, Bradley. What? Whoa. That sounds planned, Whoa. Mr. Hippo. <laughs> Hypothetically here's, speaking. Aww. Here's our initiative and result sheets for you. Hypothetically speaking. Y'all did way better on that than I expected. Uh, 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 well, I'm glad Hal brought it home. My next idea was kind of risky. Yeah. So <laughs> even yeah. riskier than jumping in front of missiles. <laughs> jumping in front of missiles. Yeah, that was that was Hal's best Hal's best strategy at that moment was you know, eat missile. I'm very excited to see you try that in the future. I mean, I was going to do a non-trained tinker check on the engine, so. <gasps> I, I actually, I, I would have been okay, but I've been rolling Garbo. That's fair. But I was, I was going to roll my best skill, Persuasion, to just say, Hey, I'm sorry for yelling at you, but <laughs> could we please? Play good me, bad me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to persuade the Leviathan. I going to say, for a go away. <laughs> yeah. Or just do a perform to sing it back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I had that. I had that idea. I, I did too. I was like, I'm surprised Benny isn't going for singing here. But then you don't have pers- performance anymore. I, I actually do have performance. Oh. Um, I don't know. I haven't figured out what that is for Penn yet. Ah, that's <laughs> but, yeah. but, dancing. I would imagine makes the most sense. Have you all seen uh, Down Periscope? No, no. Because no. as you say, I'm, I'm going to like persuade the whale. I'm like, oh, perform to the whale by making whale calls. <laughs> Don't do that gesture for whale calls. <laughs> Deal. I, I, I considered performance to try and put it to sleep, but the only instrument that Hal's trained in is drum. And, and <laughs> I'm going to 
<laughs> drum you to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Some restful R and D. Right? Yeah. Drum is just not really the most soothing of instruments. To... All right. I mean, we need to put the baby to sleep. Put on some Neil Pert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can still play the flute, but I gave one to Rhea, so it'd be like a recorder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent down for percussion-based lullabies. Yeah. Just, just saying. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, uh, do we have a play of the game on this one? Oh, well, I, I I mean, four successes for jumping in front of a missile is pretty great. Agreed. That is fucking excellent. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a big fan of Secret Gaspar helping from the shadows. Yes, it's just very a good, excellent. good flavor to the cool. scene. How will never do that well in a skill challenge ever again? <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of Old Man Running with Sky Shield. <laughs> It was very good. A very solid mental image for me right there. I was imagining him as like seriously like uh, kunai with chain flipping this like this magical <laughs> shield around to catch shit. Nope. <laughs> Doing right, stuff my... cool is not Iovis' style. Instead it's Benjamin Franklin trying to catch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Picture an old guy with one of those like racing like those fighting kites that's too strong like getting tugged <laughs> around like hundred ah! percent what I was picturing. I just I just went full like uh, prequels Yoda <laughs> like, flipping around. Where's he been keeping that? <laughs> If if there is one solid play of the game moment we have to agree on, it's definitely the body blocking whale magic. Yes. Like hell yeah. Oh, agreed. Just wow, the fact that it was man. a crit non-trained yeah. four time success. That's just yeah. You love to see it. Right. Fucking and then wild. I just gotta reiterate, like just handing it to to Gaspar, because like as one person, those are huge moves to be making, and you made all of them. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Bolt, the fireball it. was a bold move. I was real concerned that was going to wake it up. <laughs> I'm enjoying having like a James Bond level of a, of a ship going on right now. I was I was really excited to give you an environment to be a rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm almost like because every other time I'm like fighting for it, and now you're just like, yeah, it's got a grappling hook. I'm like, Okay, what else does it have? <laughs> I, I, love, I love the suite of abilities that it has. That's just very, very cool. I love your little ship. Angelo's just sitting there like, I love you too, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing fucking Sid Meier's Pirates over here while you're playing fucking Goldeneye. <laughs> so MVP is the Miasma then? Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. I think MVP is Sid Meier's Pirates. I was going to say, <laughs> game is great. Right. say Rogue Squadron. That's way better. That's way better. So good. (laughs) Well, I really thank you guys for being here for this really kind of short episode compared to what we've been putting out. But hey, we only ever agreed to an hour, and y'all been getting hour and 20 minute episodes on the reg. So you can deal with this whopping one hour up. We need to average out. We literally can't edit ourselves. That's why we have Sam do it. Let's bust out (laughs) our understudy shanties then. Exactly. I Thanks. do have a backup one. Thank you again, Sam Hediger, the editor, for editing, editing this episode. And uh, and I was going to say until next time, we wish you luck, but that's a little premature. Yeah. Shit. Is there anything else I say? It's just a goodbye. Just in the mid-roll now. We got our thing done. We can we can thank Bree preemptively. Later, losers. Preemptively. Have good luck. Don't talk about. Get uh, lucky, lovelies. There, there we go. There we go.